Hello, this is Jessica Heron, founder and CEO of the Stella and Dot Family Brands, and this is my brand new podcast, Self Made. Hi, friends. On this episode of Self Made, we're going to talk about the cure for what ails you in business. Do you have all the customers you want? If the answer is no, it's possible that you are suffering from sales phobia. That is the fear of engaging in a sales process that fills up your customer pipeline in order to get you all the business and partnerships and things you need to succeed. So you are self-made and you are able to cure yourself of sales phobia. So let's break it down on what you need to do to get over yourself and get to it to do better in business by having more customers. Okay, first of all, why do we think sales is icky? Because I say sales and is anybody thinking like a carny or a used car salesman or somebody who's pushing something on you that's overpriced and that you don't need, that's like kind of swindling you? All right, I am going to say here and now, if you don't feel proud of the product that you sell, do not sell it. You will not be successful or you shouldn't be successful. You have to get into sales because you want to be in service. You have to authentically share value with the customer that's going to earn you not just one sale, but a repeat and a referral. Okay. So this means you feel good about the value of the product that you're delivering. You believe in the integrity of how it's produced. You know that you and the company will stand behind the quality, follow up with service. Okay. So all of that, I'm going to say has to be there. You believe in the price value. You believe in all that stuff. And now we can actually talk about moving on to selling it to a customer. Okay. So we have a product that actually is right for someone. And it's worth the dollars in their pocket to deliver a benefit to their life. Now we got to go find and tell these people. And what we all want to happen, what we all want to be true is that you know about it. And then what happens next is people start knocking down your door or just showing up on your website that you put live or just stopping into your new boutique or signing up for your service. And they just come to you. They find you through some kind of magical world of mouth. But the reality is that isn't how it works. How it works is when you launch a business, you're going to spend a lot of time in that launch phase of your business, going out and getting initial customers. Then you're going to work on building your revenue because you continually bring in new customers and you get repeat customers. Okay. And those two things together are going to fuel your success, but new is always important and repeat is always important. So sales as a service is critical. Like it's a life skill to live in business. So now let's talk about how your mindset, right? If you bothered to sign a lease or buy inventory or do anything to get you started in your business, you need to show up for yourself in sales by making a disciplined habit of new customer acquisition. Why? Because it is like air. It is water. It is shelter. It is food. It is the necessary lifeblood of keeping you successful. So don't waste your time doing the other stuff. If you're not committed right now to showing up, whether in your business, it needs to be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever it is, but adequately filling your pipeline of prospective customers in order to convert them 
into customers, okay? So let's go over like truth number one about sales. You're gonna get a lot more people to know about the potential of your business than you will customers. You are gonna go cast a wide net and a lot more people are gonna say no than yes. So let's break it down. And I always think it's easier for you to process this if you're thinking not about your business, but about somebody else's business, because then it seems totally reasonable and not scary, right? If you have a store in a mall, a lot more people are going to be walking by that don't come in at all. And some are going to walk in and walk out and they're not going to shop. You don't expect that not to happen. And some people like never even come to the mall. You're, you're not expecting all of that to not happen. You just know that a portion of people are going to come in and convert to being your customer. If you're in business as a solopreneur and you've got to go reach out to people on social media, community pop-ups, personal outreach, whether it's through texting or phone calls or whatever, you're going to have to come up with a list of people who could potentially benefit from your product. And then you're going to have to offer to those people and only a small portion of them are actually going to say yes, and that's okay. And you have to be comfortable with continuing to go on. Now, why do I make such a big deal of this in the beginning? Because honestly, sales phobia that ails you, the fear of getting said no to prevents a lot of people from even doing the outreach at all. So if you're triaging your business and saying, why don't I have all the customers I need? You're going to say, well, I'm not talking to people at all. I'm not talking to enough people, or it's the way I'm offering my product or service. So let's just start at the beginning and say, am I talking to people at all? And am I doing it regularly enough? And then I talk to enough people at once to get a reasonable outcome. So I remember learning this lesson on my first job out of college. I was right out of school working at a software company, and it became my job to go find potential customers for this new quoting software product that we have. And I had to go cold call people. Like at that time it was out of the phone book. Okay. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I should quit. I'm going to fail at this. I don't know how to do this. This sounds terrible to me. I'd rather have needles in the eye than open up this phone book and start like looking for customers. It sounded so daunting to me. And, but I did not want to get fired. I did not want to fail in my first job. I'm like, I literally relocated to Texas. I'm like, I'm not going to just move home. Like I have to, I have to succeed. So I wrote out some notes on what I was going to say. And I made that first call. That first call was so hard. I was so afraid and they said no and they hung up. And then I just had this aha moment, like I'm not dead. Nothing terrible happened. They were not able to reach through the phone and like physically harm me. I'm not shamed. I don't have to move to the outskirts of town. Like, I don't know why I was so afraid, but nothing really tragic happened after I had that first no. So I made the next call and got another no. And I made the next call and I got another no. And eventually I kept calling and I had a list, I remember, of 50 people. I ended up with five customers, but it took calling 50 people to come out with five. So you're going to have to figure out what is your outreach to acceptance ratio, what's your conversion rate, so that you can realistically say, are enough people going in up top to come out the bottom a winner? For me, during that process, I, without even really knowing what it was called at the time, I realized I had a sales pipeline and a sales process. So my first process was cold call, right? Your first process may be, 
I'm doing some general marketing and I'm going to post about my business on social media, or I'm going to go to this trade show, or I'm going to go um, set up a store in some location. Whatever your first initial process is, recognize that that's step one in a sales process And you can't stop at step one and expect conversion. Usually you have to do a multi-step process. So in that, back to that example of my software process, what I realized was people were not going to just take my call and say yes. The best I could hope for was to try to get a meeting. And to some people I couldn't get on the phone. I had to just stop in and actually say hello to them in person and see if I could get some more of their time. So the process became how many appointments could I book from my list? And then from my appointments, how many demos could I install? And then from the demos I installed, how many customers could I then convert? So it became a multi-step process that required a lot of outreach and a lot of follow-up. So I want you to think about your product or service and ask yourself, do you know what your sales process is that leads to conversion? How many people do you need to talk to? And what is the timeline that it takes to close a typical person? And do you have the right steps of follow-up, whether it's sampling, whether it's uh, a multiple phone calls in order to close the deal? Again, you're asking yourself, am I talking to people at all? Am I talking to enough people? And then how am I talking to them? Okay, so with that, just jot down the number of people I talk to on a weekly basis And what are the steps? And do I follow the steps? Let's just check that. Because I promise you, you would be totally normal if your sales phobia was preventing you from having a disciplined system to do sales with enough routine to produce great results. And I have such good news for you. You can make yourself radically better, right? You are self-made. You can turn action into impact when you embrace a habit. And why do we need habit? Habit is discipline, baby. Sometimes you don't get motivation. You don't get talent. You just get discipline and you make it happen. And honestly, no one likes cold calling or prospecting or stranger danger, right? Like who wants to go put themselves into a place of rejection? That is why discipline with a system is all the more important. If you don't like it, you better schedule it and schedule it first, like Monday morning power hour, so that you approach that and you just sit down and you do it and you do it from nine to 10 and you don't do anything else until that work that your phobia is making you avoid that's truly essential for your business is done. And you do it often enough to be able to follow through on the sales process that's gonna be effective. So let me give you an example. Would you call people or you message them like if you're trying to share a business on social media, you can't just post and pray. You can't just say, I'm putting it out to the universe. Okay, now come on, knock it on my door. Probably not going to happen. Probably there needs to be, that might be a nice step one, but without personal outreach and follow-up, you're probably not going to get conversion. So are you allocating steps and time to make sure there's a personalized solution that you're sharing in an authentic way in order to get results. So it may not just be your Monday power hour for a prospective customer outreach. It may be that you also schedule a touch base Tuesday where you go and you PM people or you make texts or voice messages or whatever system you are using. Maybe you drop off samples and then you need to follow up. You probably need multiple times scheduled throughout the week for initial outreach and then follow up 
and then a close conversation, okay? And of your initial outreach, you may have 40 people on that list and you might only get 10 people into a close conversation and have four people that turn into immediate action customers. So is that depressing? No, it's great because thinking about doing it without a system and just letting that fear percolate, it is preventing you from being successful and baby, you deserve it. So let's just get over it and get on with it and schedule it. And don't let your life be an excuse for why you're not able to succeed. Maybe it's not Monday morning for you. Maybe it's Saturday because you wake up extra early and you do it from 7 to 8 a.m. Don't let your family or other obligations say that you can't be successful because you don't have the time to allocate to it. You might have to choose to eliminate other activities, but I guarantee you, you're not going to succeed in business if you don't allocate time to sales prospecting on a regular basis. And embrace the truth that it's your job to follow up, okay? You're the professional and it's important to you. And so there's a real urgency bias there that you've got to accept with the customer. So think about when you go to apply to a job, right? If you've ever applied to a job, you're sitting there with bated breath, like waiting for them to email back or to call you. Over there, yeah, they want to hire for that role, but you know, they've got a lot of inquiries. The person may be out of town. It's one of 10 things on their to-do list. They could call you in two weeks and it doesn't mean they're not interested. It just means the urgency bias is there's asymmetrical urgency, more important to you than it was for them in that moment. When you're reaching out to your customers, know that them not responding right away does not mean they like hate you, you're a stalker, and they do not like what you want. <laughs> it just means that it is not urgent for them to immediately act on returning your phone call. And honestly, culture today, people don't reply to every email. I mean, there's, they get so much information coming at them from different channels uh, that they don't always respond to every invitation or return every phone call. So just embrace that it's going to take touching base several times. And you have to do that with courage and confidence and just shed this idea that you're a stalker. First of all, anyone who worries about that, I guarantee you, you are not. <laughs> if you're worried about being pushy, you are not pushy. If you, I know that you have this thoughtfulness and that's great that you want to make sure you're not bugging people. But again, if you have a product or a service you believe in and you're super professional and you're kind and you're authentic, don't worry about it. Professional follow-up is just a part of it. And give yourself a system so that you don't have to waste time with fear around if you should or shouldn't do it. The reality is if you want results, need to take the action. Okay, now let's get to this idea that you've got a regular system of reaching out to enough people. Now let's talk about the way you're sharing. I want you to embrace solution selling and being short, authentic, and asking with casual confidence, okay? So when I also learned this from my software days, that features suck and benefits sell. So features would be if I went and listed every single uh, function that every single button in our software package did versus saying, hey, this is going to save you time and money. And I addressed a benefit rather than facts or details. So think about in your business, and I want you to actively write this down. What are the features of the product or service you offer? And then what are the customer benefits? And when you think about your sales language that you're engaging with, is it short and sweet 
And is it in the benefit space rather than features? Most people want to know what it's going to do for them, not detailed ingredients or manufacturing or uh, components of something, right? They are more interested in how do I gain from this? And then the second thing is, Make sure you are interacting with the customer. You don't have to guess at what their problem is in order to offer them the right solution. You simply just ask them and engage in a dialogue, and that's what's going to help you offer the right result. I learned this by being a uh, ignored customer. <laughs> I actually remember when I started my first company that went on to become Wedding Channel. As soon as we got funded, we needed to partner with a software development agency to help us build out our technology solution while we were hiring engineers. So we had a bunch of different companies come in and they pitched us on their services. And it was like we said, you know, we need a bowl of fruit. And so one sales guy in particular, I remember him keep coming in and he kept saying, oh my gosh, we have apples. This is the best apple. You need this apple. And obviously I'm using a metaphor here, but really what I realized was, oh, it wasn't that I wanted a bowl of fruit. It's that I wanted an orange. And I kept saying to him, yeah, but can you tell me about your oranges? Because we really need an orange. And he goes, okay, yeah, but let me tell you about these apples. And I'd say, oh, but we, we kind of need an orange. And he'd go back, oh, do you know we have red apples and green apples? I was like, oh my God, you are not listening to me. You are not, you are not focused on the customer. And so I always learned that sales is about asking questions and listening to your customer rather than pitching a prescription that's generic for all. Okay, so I'm gonna use a few examples from the businesses that I work in across fashion and beauty, right? When you are selling fashion and beauty, you're often selling confidence. You're selling, we all know people are, vain creatures and they go out into the world confident when they feel good about the way they look or their look or their skin is clear. And so if you're selling a skincare product, you need to ask them what skincare concerns they have so that you, then you share the product that is going to fully address those benefits. And actually keep going with that example because this is a really good example. Don't be afraid to sell the full solution, okay? So within a, a outfit, right? If you're selling someone a look or within a skincare regimen, oftentimes it isn't just one low price product that if I'm afraid the customer's gonna say no, I don't wanna sell down. I wanna share with them what the maximum benefit can look like. Then they can decide if they want to get less or get into it a little bit easier from there. But I want to, with casual confidence, assess their life, assess where their needs are, and then share with confidence my best solution. And then ask them what they think and really just engage in a conversation about it to try to match up their needs with my product solution. And the other thing I really love is holding sales lightly. The gift you give yourself in curing your sales phobia is if you commit up front to talking to a lot of people, you are not desperate. <laughs> so when you're in that one conversation, you are not thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, it is make or break, like live or die. If this person says no, I am not making my goals, it is over. You are like, no, I have these conversations by habit regularly. So I'm kind of unattached to the outcome of whether or not this is a sale. What I know is that I get to talk about my business and if not them, maybe if they like me or they feel like I'm doing a good job representing my product, they'll refer me to someone else. And so it may not be right now, but maybe later in their life, they'll have a need for this. So go into each conversation lightly, as in you're casual, you're confident, and it's you come from a place of abundance so that you don't have that feeling of apology 
or selling down or you're scared they're going to say no. Okay. So that's my simple tips on curing your sales phobia. You start with the system. You embrace the fact that you're going to hear no more often than yes. So you got to be disciplined and set up a regular schedule. And oh, yes, you do have time to do it because you deserve the success that's going to come from it. And then you just want to stay constantly curious instead of frustrated about what is the effective way to have that conversation. Keep it simple. Keep it benefit focused and take action. So you know what your take action tips are, because here's the thing, listening to me talk about sales is not putting money in your pocket. It is not growing your business. It is you making a commitment to schedule your sales process into your next 48 business hours. Oh yeah, you heard me. I am challenging you to not let yourself have excuses, but to go at it fresh and in your next two working days, carve out dedicated hours to do the thing that scares you, that you don't like to do, but you're gonna do it anyway because you are self-made. Thanks for listening to Self-Made. Next, I wanna hear from you. Send an email to askjessicapodcast at stella.com and tell me your story of becoming self-made. Let me know what topics you want me to cover and any specific questions I can answer. If you like this podcast, if if you're curious that you know someone who might benefit from it, then I would be so grateful if you would share it. Share it with your friends and use the hashtag self-made when you do. And if you dig it, give it a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you so much. And until then, my friend, remember you are self-made.